this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 60 of Never Not Knitting. Today, I'm joined by my friend and fellow designer, Hannah Stedick, the co-author of Knits. Hi, Hannah. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. So today what we're doing is we're going ahead and answering the questions that you left for us in the Coastal Knits Forum on the Coastal Knits Group on Ravelry. And you guys left some really good questions that you had about the book. So we're going to be answering them together today on this episode. And I think it's going to be really fun. Me too. Okay. So the first question we wanted to answer because we thought this would be a really good segue and um, kind of just help explain the concept behind the book a little bit more. And this first question is from Pickup Sticks 66 on Ravelry. And they wrote, how are the locations for photos chosen? Were they favorite places each of you are familiar with on each of your coasts? Any inspiration from them? So first of all, um, I think we should probably explain that the book is based on specific locations. So each of our designs are based on one of our favorite locations from our individual coasts. So mine being from the central coast of California and Hannah being from the east coast of Maine. So, um, and those pictures were from these specific locations. We, we thought that, um, since it's such an inspiration based collection, that it would be good to photograph each knit in the location that we were inspired by. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite parts about this book. Um, and what makes it so personal is seeing those photographs, the knit that was inspired by that location in that location. It's just, um, it's, uh, makes it all come together. Yeah, huh? yeah, I absolutely love that. Yeah, and it's funny because at one time, see, we originally had this idea that we were each going to model our own pieces in those locations, but then I got pregnant, and then the modeling thing didn't work out for me. Right. So we were thinking, okay, well, we'll just hire, um, we'll just hire somebody and just like do all the knits all like on a blank background, but I. It's like we didn't, we weren't 100% into that idea because we felt like that would take away so much from the book and the whole concept. So I'm glad that we were able just to use models and at least get our knits photographed in, in the places that they should be. <laughs> me too, me too. That's so much. Okay, so um, the next question that we wanted to answer was from JPEL. E-D, I don't know how to say these names, (laughs) (laughs) J-Pelv, anyway, sorry, Um, on Ravelry, that's her screen name, and she wrote, hi, I'd like to know how the idea for Coastal Knits came about, who approached who, did Alana have any, so maybe we should answer these one at a time, what do you think, so how did the idea for Coastal Knits come about, do you want to take that, Hannah? Well, if I remember correctly, um, it, you had, you had a strong desire to do a self-published book and, um, and had mentioned how, you know, with the being a work at home mom that you liked the idea of trying to collaborate on it. 
And, um, and I sort of raised my hand and said, well, I would, you know, get in on something like that. Um, I thought it sounded like a neat idea. And, and from there we started to think about like what, what would be a good collaboration for the two of us. And, um, I can't exactly remember the timeline of how it all went down, but, um, I think I give the credit to you that you had the idea of the two coasts being inspired by our coastlines and doing some kind of collection based on that. Well, I, I think I remember mentioning it and you were like, yeah, I was thinking something really similar. Mm -hmm. It's like it, it happened like really easily. It's, it's, it's like we were thinking, oh, a collaboration would be fun, but then Coastal Knits was like right after that. Yeah, it was, it did. It it did come about really quickly. I think that's why I have a hard time remembering what happened because it was just like, in what order? It just happened. Like it was such an obviously good idea, um, for collaboration between the two of us. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think it's funny because I remember when we started talking about it, like, instantly that day you sent me, like, five emails and you're like, um, I know this is still just hypothetical, but what if we did this, this, and this? Yeah. It's, it's like... Um, it snowballed pretty quick into yeah. what it was. Yeah, so, yeah. And so who approached who? I think I, I think I did approach you about the collaboration, but very quickly we were both really on board with that so yeah that's how I remember it too mm-hmm. and then she asked did Alana have any influence over Hannah's designs opinions idea etc be careful how you answer that Hannah <laughs> <laughs> I know I was thinking I told you that I didn't remember that you had opinions about things <laughs> yeah. I am opinionated but I tried to leave Hannah alone <laughs> I, we pretty much worked independently <laughs> on our designs don't you agree yeah we did that that was kind of a cool thing because, um, you know, in the end it is cohesive and yet we really, we really, really did work independently on our designs. I don't think you even saw all of my designs Mm-mm. until Carrie Hogue had photographed them. Um, I know I didn't. So I saw a, like swatches. Yeah. There was a lot of unknowns there between us for a while in terms of what it was even going to look like the whole collection. But I think we always trusted that, you know, we weren't concerned about that part, um, and, and I, in the end, for good reason, um, it just all kind of, I guess it shows that being inspired by a coast um, is enough to be, to make a cohesive collection, because it really does have a nice flow to it. Right, and we didn't want everything to look the same anyway, because the purpose of the, this book is a collaboration. It's not like we wanted, I don't know, we... we we are we are different people with different design aesthetics, so it was okay with me if that came out. It didn't have to be like the Alana show or the Hannah show. Yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> in Yeah, so. I agree. Yeah, so we did work independently of each other. Um, we sent. Uh, we definitely like. I remember um, appreciating Hannah's feedback, like sending her photos and saying, "What do you think of this?" and so forth. So we definitely bounced ideas off each other and everything, but um, but we did work independently, which I think is is good. That fits the theme of our book. Yeah. So um, the next question is from Nettie Gal on Ravelry, and she said, "When did you decide to do the book?" So that was her first question, and. Was it late last year or was it the beginning of this year? I remember it as the beginning of this year, like January or February. Yeah. 
Because I, I remember saying, I can't do anything with this until I'm done with stitches. Because I was right. like, that was all consuming. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was in February that we uh, that I did Stitches West. So, so it was after that that we actually yeah. got started on it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And then she said, was it always going to be a dual collaboration? Or were you both wanting to do a book and the idea of Coastal Notes was born? So... I think we kind of already answered that. Um, I definitely always have been interested in a self-published book, but it's not something that I felt like I could take on by myself, and I don't think I would have tried this first time just doing it on my own. So in my mind, it was always a collaboration effort. That's kind of always what I had wanted. Yeah, and I think, you know, for me with... um my, you know, we're, you know, both you and I, we already self-published our individual patterns. Um, but in terms and that's of, enough work. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of a book, I think I had had it in the back of my mind to do something at some point, but it certainly wasn't, I think it probably wasn't going to happen unless I first did this project with you. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad that it all worked out. Yeah, it was a nice um, segue into self-publishing. Yeah. Kind of getting to share it with somebody else instead of taking it all on on your own right okay so all right the next question is from loose knit on Ravelry Katie and she says I think it's easy to collaborate with the person you mesh with across great distance but I wondered if you had actual time together in the same room at least at the outset to brainstorm the concept sort out the balance of pattern types and yarns etc so did this, did the first part of this question kind of catch you as funny? Yeah. <laughs> did it kind of? <laughs> I have to say it did because I wouldn't, wouldn't be quick to say that it was easy. <laughs> yeah, over a long distance. Yeah, no. yeah absolutely. Um, it's probably more challenging. Yeah, so, and the answer to that is that we never, ever had face-to-face time on this. It was all done long distance. We didn't have... A, even a week where we got together. I think I kept dreaming about that, that I would just get on a plane and come out there and we would just like wrap up the book together. But in fact, we did do it all long distance. Um, and, you know, it, it was possible. We did it. Um, um, and, you know, it brought its own own challenges and everything. But I think, you know, maybe that gets into the second part of her question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see. Well, she asks... If you weren't able to get together physically, did it help or hinder the process to be in two different time zones as you were planning the book? Yeah, we had so. talked about this earlier, um, how it, it was challenging. And I know for me, there were definitely times where I really yearned to have some face time um, just to really be able to get across what you're, you know, what you're really trying to say to somebody. After a while, you can start to feel like, you know, you're in your own office, in your own house, trying to express yourself over email over time. You can start to maybe go a little crazy in your head. Um, <laughs> like the other person will just see you. And and um, I think it, it could have maybe gone a little faster if we had been in person. But yes. you brought up an interesting point about some of the advantages of the distance. Yeah, I think that... Um when you're, see, we had to work really closely on this. For, I mean, we've been working closely for how long? Like in eight, nine months? Right. I mean, yeah. and it's like, 
if you did live next door and I saw you as much as, much as I talked to you, right. I don't know. I think it could have been, like, more stressful, <laughs> especially during, like, some of the really intense times of the project. Yeah. Yeah. So I think distance is not always a bad thing because if you're feeling frustrated or um, anything, you just don't check your email right. for a while right. or something. Yeah. It's not like you have to you know, like, face that person constantly or whatever. Right. But I'm probably making it sound worse than it was. It was really not that bad. <laughs> but I think that it has, like we said, it has its challenges, um, but also advantages in some ways. But I think that altogether, I think it probably poses more challenges. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? I would say so, too. It definitely does. But, yeah, here we are. We did it. And it, and it yeah. Success, so it was possible. We did it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So let's see here. Oh, yeah, and then she talked about the two different time zones, and it's true. That that was a little crazy because Hannah is three hours ahead, so you probably had to wait <laughs> for me in the morning, and then I was – and I always work at night, and so right. she would be, like, in bed, so yeah. that probably – Yeah, that's where I think it maybe take a longer. little longer, yeah, because we had to kind of wait for each other sometimes and kind of work with our situations and our time zones, but – Yeah. We did it. But here we are yep. on the other side. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the next – let's see. Oh, yeah, the next question is from Kate Oates from Top Toppers. And she writes, I would love to hear you two talk about the best part of working with another designer on a collaborative project. So what would you say, Hannah? Well, I think that, um, you know, you, you, uh, even though we worked independently, we, um, were able to get feedback from each other and be inspired by each other. And, you know, if we had done this, um, separately, this whole project separately, like Coastal Knits by Alana Dacos or Coastal Knits by Hannah Fettig would have looked completely different than it looks as a collaboration. So mm -hmm. I think that that is really exciting to think that we created something unique by combining our two talents. Um, mm -hmm. And it's really exciting to be a part of that and think that, um, you know, really we didn't know what it was going to be in the end. Um, and to see what it is, it's something that's really exciting that we arrived together on only because we work together. So yeah, I think that part's I, really cool. Yeah, definitely. And um, what I really appreciated about collaborating with another person, especially Hannah, is because I think it's nice to have somebody to bounce ideas off of. You know, um, I it's nice to not have to make all the big decisions by yourself. I mean, sometimes that's harder because it goes faster to be able to make decisions by yourself. But at the same time, sometimes you're not sure of what the right decision is. So it's nice to be able to talk to somebody else that's in the same industry as you that has experience right. and say, hey, should I should I make these sleeves three-quarter length or, you know, or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever the issue is. And then just to get feedback and opinion and – you know, I asked my husband those questions, and he uh, he doesn't know. Right. <laughs> He's not much help. He's coming from a different place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's what I really appreciated about the collaboration is just kind of being in the trenches with somebody else. Yeah, so to say. I agree. I, yeah. So I thought that was a good thing. 
Um, I also love her next question. She says, any bloopers during the process you'd like to share? So what do you think, Hannah? Do you have anything that <laughs> went wrong? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was trying to think about this, and I know you have a couple of good things. I One thing I did think of is that um, – the Bayside pullover, which is the first design in the book. Um, I had two samples of that knit in two different sizes. The first sample arrived to me and um, I hadn't, I, I had made it so it has a, a, a quite close um, crew neck, like close to the neck. And, mm-hmm. but I didn't factor in that you, it's knit out of linen. So there's no stretch. So when it came time to pull the sample over your head, but that first sample, it was possible, but it was very tight. Um, and then I, in the meantime, I had another sample being made of the same sweater in a different yarn, in Euroflex. And um, when that one came, I literally gave myself a headache. Pulling, I did get it over my head, but it literally gave me a headache because <laughs> it squeezed my head so tight. <laughs> and so, you know, since then, we adjusted the pattern so that the neck is now an appropriate size that you can, in fact, knit it in linen and get it over your head. <laughs> And that's important. Yes, yeah, Tana Pageler, <laughs> our awesome technical editor, is doing surgery on the samples so that we can also pull <laughs> the samples. The trunk show samples can also be pulled over your head. So that is definitely one blooper I thought of on my end. But I know you had a couple of good ones too. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think I had any big bloopers with the actual knits. I think things went. Um, relatively smoothly. I mean, some were took me forever and were kind of a headache to design, but um, I didn't have anything that was, like, drastic like that. But I did have some issues with photography. Um, if, ev- you know, everyone listening to this podcast, they probably listened to the episode where I talked about in my early pregnancy where I was really, really sick and I was trying to design the wildflower cardigan. And the reason why I chose this cardigan first is because I wanted to, first of all, back then I was thinking I was going to model everything. So I wanted to get the sweaters out of the way because I wanted to be able to model them before I started showing with the pregnancy. But also the wildflower cardigan, I wanted to get that one done first because I wanted to photograph it where these, in this amazing place, around where I live where these wildflowers are in bloom and the wildflowers are, are crazy. I mean, you go there and it's like you don't even see the ground. You just see flowers everywhere. And I thought, okay, this is perfect. I'm going to have this like really pretty sweater and I'm going to model it right when the wildflowers hit and it's just going to make these stunning photos. But unfortunately, I was so sick that I it took me months to knit this sweater And by the time I actually finished knitting it, like, the wildflowers were gone. So that was kind of sad because (laughs) we went to photograph and there was, like, just a few little flowers left, even though I think the photos turned out totally fine. They did. There's still some wildflowers in there, and you would never know that they weren't actually at their peak, I think. Yeah, Yeah. but you know what? Full disclosure, Mm -hmm. I have to tell you (laughs) that I (laughs) – that. The fl- 
flowers that the model is holding in the picture uh-huh. are from our yard. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> we, trans- <laughs> we transported flowers. We <laughs> to bring in flowers to the flower fields. <laughs> so there was some, um, I think there were mustard that was growing, so it gave a little bit of the yellow. But mm. if I could have photographed that at the peak of the season, that would have been amazing. Yeah. But I just had to do, you know, I had just to work with what with what I had to work with. Yeah, maybe next year when it happens again, you could take the sample and do another photograph just for fun because that would be cool to see it in its fullest glory. That would be really cool. Yeah, at least in the mood board part for that, for that um, design, at least I did have some pictures of just the flowers yeah. that we were able to incorporate so people can get the idea. Yeah. <laughs> but that was kind of a bummer. Yeah. But um, the other funny thing about that photo shoot is um, the main picture that I totally love of the wildflower cardigan, on that picture, I didn't realize it at the time, but when I took it, there was this, and I uploaded it on the computer, there was this huge sunspot right on her head, uh, and it was, like, bright green. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. And fortunately, with some photo editing, we were able to get rid of it. You can still kind of see it uh, in some of the pictures. But, I don't think um, I ever knew that. Yeah, I, did, I haven't noticed it. It was a huge bummer. It was my favorite shot. As soon as I took it, I was like, yes, that's going to be the main shot. And then I uploaded it. I was like, no. <laughs> it's like. Lime green circle right on her head. Well, you don't see it now. That's good. Thank goodness. The other thing that didn't go quite right on my end is um, my favorite, my favorite piece of the book, which I think is, I'm answering a future question, but anyway, my favorite um, design on my end is the gnarled oak cardigan. Mm -hmm. I really like that one. And I really love the location it was inspired by. It's this ancient forest, um, an oak tree forest that the oaks there are like 800 years old and they're all twisted and um, bent and really interesting and cool. And so I just love the location. I love the sweater. And I was just hoping that that photo shoot was going to be um, like something like super amazing. But then by the time we got there, it was like raining and dark. And so like that was really frustrating and, and like, I took so many photos, and the ones that I used in the pattern um, for those pages are the only ones that turned out. So and they turned out well, was, yeah. But it was just really hard, huh? But they could have been better. Uh, well, <laughs> only it wasn't raining. All the inspiration photos for that particular piece are super beautiful. Wait until everybody sees because they really are amazing. Yeah, thanks. It's kind of a mystical place. Yeah, it's, cool. it's really cool. I have one last thing that was kind of funny um, about photography is that, by the way, we should probably mention that um, the, both the models that we use are our babysitters. It's true. It's the babysitter's <laughs> club. <laughs> um, my model, Andrea, is, um, you know, babysat for me over the past few years, and Jocelyn just started as your babysitter, right? Yeah. Yep. She's right now babysitting? She's downstairs babysitting right now. <laughs> so um anyway so that worked out really well but um the model that I use is actually she's engaged to our friend that actually sang the never not knitting theme song (laughs) it's a total never not knitting wedding (laughs) yeah (laughs) I know but anyway so he helped me with the photography he came along and they you know they weren't engaged yet but they were boyfriend girlfriend at the time and so I gave him one of my cameras and my husband came along and my daughter came along and my husband kind of played with my daughter and um 
so he had one camera, I had the other, and we were shooting pictures, and it's just so funny because it's like he forgot what we were doing, like, he forgot that we were there to, like, photograph knitwear for a book, so <laughs> I would get his his camera at the end, and I would upload all the pictures, and it would be, like, all of her face, or, like, <laughs> people, they were, I'm like, no, this is not exactly what I was looking for, but. <laughs> That's really cute. <laughs> but, yeah, he would just, it was like, he was just totally enamored by his girlfriend that he forgot Aww, what we were cute. trying to actually do. <laughs> but, anyway, it was nice to have him there. It was fun. Yeah. That, that was one of the most fun things about the whole process was, was the photo shoots, because it was, you know, it was just a chance to be with friends, and, yeah. and go some of these fun places. I agree on my end. That was one of my favorite days with the, was the photo shoot with Carrie and Jocelyn. We had such a good time. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. And how, how did Jocelyn like being a model? Was she uncomfortable or was she, did she love it? She did love it because since then she's been, she's done a couple um, more times of modeling for me for Knitbot for patterns that haven't come out yet. Um, and yeah, so I think she's into it. And Carrie is so awesome. She's so comfortable to be around. So we started really early that day that we went out. I think it, we all got up at like 5.30 in the morning and we're at Two Lights State Park by 6. Um, and because we wanted like that early morning light. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when you first start out, you're kind of like, you know, not sure what to do. But Carrie was so awesome at like getting her comfortable. And yeah, it was just so much fun to be in those locations and to actually see the knits. And I just felt like, yeah, this is what it's supposed to look like. You know, it was, it was really exciting. Yeah. Cool. Well, I love the way your pictures turned out, especially that Rocky Coast cardigan. Yeah. That the light on that was awesome. It was worth waking up at five thirty for. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so the next question is from Jocelyn G on Ravelry, and she said, "I'd be curious to know how you managed to both maintain your distinct identities as designers. It was easy for me to tell which designs were by whom, but still create a cohesive collection." So I think that kind of came about by chance. I don't know. What do you think, Hannah? Yeah, well, I think, again, as we talked about, we worked on our designs separately. So, um, you know, I think the bigger challenge was actually getting to the graphic design and getting the book to look the way that we wanted together mm-hmm. and, um, and to find a way that represented both of our styles. But in terms of the designs, I think we really gave ourselves permission to work separately on that and trusted each other um, uh, because we each respect each other's work so much. Mm-hmm. And we're just kind of excited to see what the other person would come up with on their own, um, being their own designer that they are. So I think I think we did that. And, and the result is that that, um, you know, we were ourselves. And yet, again, as we talked about, because of the inspiration being you know, I guess because the inspiration, it was coastal all around, uh, apparently that makes for a cohesive collection. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know that we uh, specifically, you know, tried to make it cohesive. It just was. Mm-hmm. Is that how you think of it? Yeah, definitely. And I remember when we when we put all the photos up on the website, I was like, look at how good everything looks together. <laughs> it was kind of honestly a little miracle, people. <laughs> yeah, <it was. laughs> we didn't really try. <laughs> And then I don't know anyway. Yeah. But it's funny, maybe we should talk a little bit about the graphic design work because that was kind of a big deal because our designs, like not only our um, knitwear designs, but just our personal style as far as like our patterns are concerned is totally different. Completely different. Yeah. So like um, Hannah goes for like clean, modern, 
Um, Lots of white space. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I go for like cluttery <laughs> um like I um I don't know how I would describe it. Well, you say you have a scrapbook style, right? Yeah, it, I mean the the patterns are kind of like mimicking scrapbook and I I like a lot of texture, I like a lot of color and layers. You like romantic yeah. styling. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, kind of so we had to really Yeah, we had to come up with a way to make it look like us together, not just one or the other. Exactly. And, and I think this is where we give our shout-out to our um, graphic designer, Mary Joy, because wow. it was pretty much, don't you think, only because of her that <laughs> we were able to achieve that? Um, yes. I mean, her her she got it. You know, it's like she obviously she took a long time to think about it. And, by the way, she already... Um, designs for both of us individually which I'm sure does did help her because she already knew both of us enough yes and then she spent a lot of time thinking about it and came up really with the design concept of course with our input and um it it, it, it she achieved it it is us together mm-hmm. yeah no I agree she did she did a fabulous job because I don't I <laughs> I don't know like how she was willing to take that on because it <laughs> seems so daunting right yeah. And, yeah, we needed the third party because otherwise we would have been duking it out. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, yeah, so we're both really happy with how the book looks. We love it. Yeah, Yeah, we both love it. And also our, um, we should mention, too, that our illustrator, um, Nisha Hudson, who just had a baby, um, she, who also illustrates for both of our pattern lines separately, she did all the illustrations in the book, which uh, Mary Joy used. Um, throughout the book, and um, they're absolutely beautiful and just are that extra little bit of personality in the book that I think makes it really special. I agree. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think it's really fun, especially since, I, you know, one of my favorite things that she did for us are the hand-drawn schematics. Oh, yeah, I love those too. Yeah, because she kind of um, captured, like, our models and the just the look of the patterns, and I thought that was really a nice yeah. touch. Yeah, there's a lot of personality in this book. Yes, and it was definitely a team effort. It's not just me and Hannah. We worked with a pretty good-sized group, (laughs) and um, it was just with all of our efforts together that we were able to make it what it is. Yep, yep. So we're very thankful to be working with such talented people. So the next question... I think I'm going to ask the, um, talk about the next two questions together because they're kind of similar. We could just answer them all in once. The first one is from Helen Nitz on Ravelry, and she said that she's interested to know how we choose a yarn or color for a design. Is it just spur of the moment, instant love of the yarn or color, or is it planned? And then the next question is from the Fiber Diva on Ravelry, and she said kind of the same question but not exactly. Did any of the designs come after a specific yarn was found, and you just had to come up with something fantastical to knit with it? (laughs) So um, I think that this answer differs for both of us, so why don't you go ahead and um, talk about what you did first? Well, in a lot of ways, I did what I always do. Um, And it's funny, because I get questions like this a lot from people, and I'm not super good at answering, like, why I do what I do or how I do it. You know, when people ask me, like, how do you design? It's like, I don't know. (laughs) I just do. (laughs) But um, if I really think about it, um, you know, I know what I like, I guess. I When I see a yarn, I just know that I, 
it's going to work for me and what I do. I think about the fabric. I start with the fabric, like what do I want the fabric to be like? And then I think about, okay, well, what yarn do I need to achieve that fabric depending on, and then how do I want to knit it? If I want a lot of times I knit things at a little bit of a looser gauge. Um, so, and specifically um, in this project, that is what I did. I used some old favorites, of course, um, the fiber company organic, which I used for a Rocky Coast cardigan is one of my favorite worsted weight yarns. And um, and so I knew I wanted to use that. And then um, we both ended up picking yarns, regional yarns. Um, and we talk about that a little bit in the book. We have some yarn spotlights in some of these um, companies that are, are in our areas, um, which is another special feature in the book. And one yarn that I happened upon was Swan's Island. Um, Swan, specifically, I used the Swan's Island fingering. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one where I found the yarn first. And I knew that I really wanted to use this yarn. I really wanted to feature this company because they're so interesting um, and so main. Um, and then I just had to think about, you know, how I was going to use it. And once I had it in hand and I swatched with it, it ended up turning into the panoramic stole. Um, also, what about that really great tie-in between um, string theory? Oh, yes. And then string theory hand-dyed yarns, another uh, beautiful uh, yarn company. The people are wonderful, so mean. They're, they are completely inspired. They're up in Blue Hill, Maine, um, and they are completely inspired by the Maine coast as well. And so it was such a good fit between the two of us. Um, and, and the specific color I ended up using, it was funny because I'd actually written them, this is for the Water's Edge cardigan, mm-hmm. and I'd written them asking for a certain color, and they were like, well, actually, how about this color? And they, and they were right because it was inspired by um, things that grow in the, in the water, in the, on the rocks in the water. And, um, it's like the same inspiration. Yeah, it, it was such a good fit, and it is a beautiful color. It really is, and seeing it in place on Jocelyn, it, on Willard Beach, and it was like kind of a foggy morning. Um, it just it was so perfect, and I appreciate their their input really on that design and helping me choose that yarn because it, it was actually even a different yarn in their line. And they were like, "Well, how about this yarn in this color?" They they thought it was a good fit for what I was trying to do, and so they kind of collaborated with me on that that mm-hmm. little design. So that was really cool. Yeah, that color is amazing. When I saw it in person, it was like, "Wow!" Yeah, all of these things to see them in person, you know, it always is. It has a lot of impact when you can see these things in person. Yeah, exactly. Well, the way that I would answer those questions is, for me, with my design process, um, most of my designs were kind of already thought out, and then I had to find, like, the perfect yarn to kind of capture, you know, to capture what I was going for or, you know, to fit in with um, my idea. So I'm trying to think of an example. Like... The Sand and Sea Chalette. Now that's inspired by the the tide coming it coming up on the seashore. And I wanted I definitely wanted like a brown and I definitely wanted a like the perfect like ocean blue, you know, so it took me a while to kind of figure out how you know what I wanted. I wanted like yarns that, you know, fit those colors really well. And um Actually, I found that yarn in my stash. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. My stash is actually good for something. Um, so, yeah, so most of the time I was kind of trying to to pair my concept with the perfect yarn. But there was one occasion where I did um, 
have a yarn in hand that I just really wanted to use, and I designed around it, and that was for the Cambrian cowl, because I had that um, really nice local alpaca, and I just thought, since this, since the theme of this book is um, knits inspired by our coastlines, how perfect would it be to use a yarn that's um, sourced and and grown and produced? In, um, on the central coast where I live. So I, I just knew that that would fit into the concept perfectly. So I designed the cowl around that. Um, so it's a little bit of both for me. Okay, um, the next question is, and we'll just do this um, kind of one at a time. This is by Bookcase Hat on Ravelry. Nice 30 Rock reference. <laughs> <laughs> and they ask, which are each of your favorite patterns in the book? Or if it's too difficult to pick, which did you have the most fun knitting? So what about you? Well, I will say it's Rocky Coast Cardigan, and I know that is proving to be a favorite of many's, but all along was my favorite. And it's funny because I was stumped on that particular project. I actually had all the other ones designed, at least in my mind, and that one was an unknown for a while. Um, I had a couple different things that that was before that. Um, and then... One day, it just came to me, and um, I it was a challenge because I wanted to do it in the cable pattern that it is from the top down, and um, it, it's a challenge to do that. It was a challenge to size it, um, it because of the nature of it, but um, I, I loved knitting it myself because I did knit that sample myself, um, and, uh, you know, it's just, there's everything about it I love. I love the aesthetics of it. It's totally something I would buy in a store, um, which is kind of, I try to think about that when I design, like, what, you know, what, I want it to be something that is relevant and now and, like, that you would want to go buy in a store. Um, and I just love that yarn, especially in white in the Arctic Tundra. It's just, like, the perfect white, worsted weight, single-ply yarn. Um, and... So it just all came together. And then when I see the photographs, I love the photographs. And now to see that the enthusiasm for that project is kind of like, you know, taking off. I'm just like, it's just such a gratifying feeling like, yes, like this is just a great design. Um, and, you know, it's going to be going to be hard to top that. Yeah, <laughs> I set my standard high with the mm -hmm. uh, Rocky Coast cardigan. So I would say for for my designs, that is um you know, that's my favorite design from the book. And from your designs, um, I agree about gnarled um, yoke. Gnarled oak. <laughs> Sorry, oak. <laughs> you you must really it like it <laughs> if you can't I remember yoke. the name. It is on the yoke. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but no, gnarled, gnarled yoke would be like, that just sounds kind of gross. <laughs> I thought that from now on. Um, I, I liked, I liked it in the pictures, but when I got it here the other day at my house in the Pigeon Roof Studios, uh -huh. um, what's it called? Bronze Age, Bronze Age is the color, but it's yeah, like a okay. brown. Mm -hmm. The Cassiopeia DK. I love it in that color, and I tried it on, and even though it's probably not the size I should wear, it has negative ease, but it actually looked kind of cute that way, and so I'm super excited about that design. I'm thinking about making that for myself. Um, Thanks. But from your, among your designs, that's my favorite one. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I really like that one. That was a tricky one, though, on the needles because um, the, it's funny with that stitch pad. I really, like, I um, I designed that stitch pattern. You know, I, like, I resized the leaf and I made the cables and it took me forever in swatching to figure out what I wanted to do. But the most challenging part is, you know, how um, it's knit from the bottom up and, you know, how for the yoke you have to decrease at a certain rate for it to be shoulders but the way those leaves work out is that you're increasing stitches and then decreasing and increasing and decreasing so I had to fit I mean I must have swatched those leaves like I don't know maybe 10 12 15 times right because I had to constantly be adjusting the stitch count and it was it was really tedious, but I love the way it worked out. So that's my favorite design, but it gave it was really, really awful at, at times. <laughs> it was a painful process, but yes. it is what it is now, which is amazing. Right. And then my next favorite one is the, um, I think it's the Wrestling Leaves Bray, but that was kind of the same story. Like, Irene at that hat several times. But I love it. So I guess it shows you that hard work does pay off. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, okay. The next question that this person asks is, did either of you have patterns you designed or started to design that ended up in the reject pile, and what was wrong with them? I think we actually didn't. We talked about this earlier, and amazingly, we did not have rejects. I think we had, you know, we, we struggled with some of the designs, and maybe they ended up a little different than we originally planned, but no rejects. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Yep. Um, a few things that changed for my design was that, or my original idea for the designs, was the wildflower cardigan. That was supposed to have a peplum in the back, in the right. beginning. Right, I remember that. There was a lot a lot of different design elements going on. Yeah, originally. and I just, I had to kind of edit that down and be like, okay, this is just getting to be too much. But um, since it was based on wildflowers, I wanted it, it to have that really kind of feminine quality and Mm -hmm. but I think that with the pico edge and the pockets I accomplished that without adding like the peplum too yeah I think there's a perfect amount of things going on (laughs) yeah yeah so that one changed and then originally remember we were talking about I always knew I wanted to design something based on that um oak forest but originally I I guess I was thinking of a hat because you're more of an accessories gal. Exactly. <laughs> it ended up being a sweater. Which yeah, and it's going to be do well. People yeah. love it. Yeah, yep. exactly. So um, so things changed, but I didn't ever knit anything and then, like, have to, like, throw it away or anything yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Yep. So I think that's pretty good. Okay. And then they ask, did you decide from the get-go what types of patterns you'd each design? Or did you just start designing and then fill in the gaps with more sweaters or accessories as needed? So um, I think that it was kind of a free-flowing process. Um, um, Hannah designs more sweaters, so we kind of knew from the beginning that she was going to be doing more in the sweater department um, as far as those designs for the books. And um, I just feel way more comfortable with accessories, so I knew I was going to focus more on accessories. But as you can see in the book, that we did cross over a little bit. Uh, And I think that we were both really happy with how it worked out, how there are five sweaters and five accessories. Yeah, and that was kind of, like you said, it just free-flowed that way. Mm -hmm. We ended up with just the right amount of 
of um, garments and accessories, which is an, it's a nice range in the end. Yeah, and it's not to say that we just let it go and, and didn't plan anything, because we did. I mean, we we wanted it the patterns to have a range so that it wouldn't just appeal to one type of knitter. So um, I think, like, at one point I told Hannah, like, okay, you should really design mittens because we have, like, enough neck items, like, neck right. items, like, we need right. something else. Yeah, um, Yeah, so we kind of tried to balance it out. So it has something for everyone. There's the color work mitts in there for people that like color work. There's a really basic cowl out of chunky weight yarn that will knit up in, like, four hours. <laughs> so that's, like, a, a good beginner project and a, a really quick knit, good for gifts. Um, we have a lacy chalette, so we got a little bit of lace in there. We have sweaters of differing, um, uh, what's it called? <laughs> differing different weights. Well, yeah, exactly. We've, um, and we have different degrees of difficulty with charts. We have the Rocky Coast cardigan has cables that are relatively simple, and then a few of your pieces have more challenging yeah. cable projects that people enjoy doing those. Exactly. So um, knitters of all levels can appreciate coastal knits. Yeah. So I think it turned out it turned out good in that um, in that department. Okay. The next question is by Yoga Knit Girl on Ravelry, and she asks, "I would like to know how each of you take the inspiration of your surroundings and translate this into a knitted pattern, and then into a knitted garment. Do you use graph paper, a computer program, etc." Also, what helps you to decide what yarn you'll use for the pattern? Yeah, um, for me, uh, I'm not, a li- I didn't take inspiration literally, um, but I thought about it in terms of how, for the locations I chose, um, how I how they make me feel, and then um, how I wanted the garments to reflect that um, and represent what that place is all about. Um, so that's that's the approach I took for inspiration. Um, and then the way, again, this is like one of those questions where I have yeah. such a hard time explaining my process because I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I do something. So I, I have a notebook and I just like sketch out um, what I want it, what it's going to look like. And then I just like quickly start to run numbers in my head and kind of know the starting point. And then I just kind of start it and then like write it as I go. Um, so that I can make adjustments and everything. So that's kind of my my process in a very small nutshell. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what do you think like when you're deciding what yarn you'll use? I mean, we kind of talked about that a little bit, but how do you kind of fit the yarn to the project? So when I'm choosing yarn for a pattern, um, I'm thinking for this collection, I wanted it to contribute to the inspiration you know I was being inspired by how a location makes me feel um and so the yarn I wanted it to to make sense with that um and then I'm also thinking about um the the fabric that I'm trying to create and what's going to be the best yarn um to accomplish that not just the right weight yarn but all the things about the yarn the properties of it what it the different fibers that make it up and then the way that it's spun and just everything about it that's going to um, create the perfect fabric to make that garment feel the way I want it to feel when you wear it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and of course I used a a number of local yarns 
um, which was a natural fit because these people, the, the dyers and the designers that created these yarns were also inspired by the main coast. And so it was a natural fit to use some of these yarns in the projects. Yeah, I agree. I, I do pretty much the same thing with my designs is, um, I try to think about, you know, the fiber content and how it's going to drape and everything else, you know, when choosing a yarn. So the next few questions are kind of about our future plans. So the next one is from Summer JC on Ravelry. And she says, I'm also curious as to what plans each of you has for the future. If you have anything on the horizon that you could share with us, or if you're just relaxing for a while now after the work you've put into Coastal Knits. So I know my answer. <laughs> my answer <laughs> is I'm having a baby. Right. And I think that writing a book and having a baby at the same time is quite enough for me. And I think I need a break. And I'm going to just enjoy having a newborn for a while. So, that sounds like a good plan, Alana. <laughs> yes. So next year I'm going to think about designing again. But for now, this has been quite enough for me. How about you? Um, so for me, I I really want to take a break in some ways after working so hard on this project and, you know, just take a little breather. But it's hard because this is a really exciting time of year in the industry. Lots of new things are coming out, and so it's really inspiring. And also fall is just like a natural time to start. You know, you want to knit, but you get that feeling in the air, and you just wanted to be knitting. So it's hard. I have so many ideas in my head and um you know, I, I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but I think my next venture will be something more to do with um, my loose gauge knits that I do, like the featherweight cardigan and wispy cardigan and breezy, how they're all um, lace and fingering weight yarn at a, at a looser gauge. I kind of want to explore that more and see what else I can do with that fabric. So cool. that's kind of what I have in my back pocket right now. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> all right. We'll see what happens. <laughs> cool. Um, and now a few other people, like um, Desert Nettie is one of them, and just other tons of other people have been asking me, I don't know about you, but they're asking, what's, are you going to do something else together? Is there a Coastal Knits 2? Are you going to do a different type of collaboration? And I, I don't know, Hannah, but um, my, <laughs> my original, my first thought is, um, I just like can't, can't even think about that right now because I'm like yeah. so overwhelmed with this project. But we're still we're really still in this project. Yeah. yeah, our heads are still in this project, so we haven't thought we haven't gone forward yet. Yeah. With, our, with our collaboration, but yeah. we will talk. I mean, we'll we have happens. it all set up, so you never know. In the future, you might yep. see something again from us. But it's something that we're definitely going to have to think about, probably. <laughs> at a later time, because this yes. is all-consuming right now. We'll discuss later. Yes. <laughs> okay, um, on to some personal questions. Daisy Frog on Ravelry asks, I would be interested in knowing how you were both first inspired to design your own knitting patterns. Um, so that's her first question. What about you, Hannah? What do you think? Well, I was working at a knitting shop here in Portland, Maine, Knitwit Yarn Shop, and... Um, the owner would always kind of say to me, like, do you ever think about designing your own things? And I always said no, because I didn't really. I loved just, I would just cruise through other people's patterns. I just loved knitting from up patterns. I really enjoyed it. Um, 
And then the fiber company actually started here in Portland, Maine. The mill was here originally, and it was very close to Knitwear Yarn Shop. And we would see those guys all the time because we carried all their yarns. They'd come in, and I went down there a couple times. And um, so their yarn actually originally is what inspired me to kind of try um, designing something on my own. And and my connection with them is ultimately what led to me furthering my career because it led to my book deal, my first book, Closely Knit. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I came from. How about you? Is it funny, side point, but is it funny to have two books with very similar titles, Closely Knit I, and Coastal Knits? You know what? I honestly did not even notice it <laughs> until I put them, I was like messing around with the sidebar on my blog. <laughs> And I didn't even notice it until I put them next to each other. And I'm like, that's weird. They sound really similar. Maybe I should have the next one be, okay, well, okay. I already kind of thought of the name of my next, if I do a book of the loose gauge knit, uh-huh. that I was going to call it loose knit. No. But then I'm like, that's too close to closely knit. <laughs> People are going to get all confused. They're like, oh, I no. want the one that ends with knit. Wait. I know. I know. I'm going to have to mix it up, so. I don't want to be a one note with my title. You know what? That's something we didn't talk about, but Coastalness was kind of your title, you know? I, I did always. I came up with that title, it's true, and I pretty much just, like, pretended like it was the title, even when you were like, hmm, well, let's see if we can think of something different, and I would just keep calling it that in email. And finally, you brainwashed me into believing Yay! <laughs> I know. I love the name. It's perfect. No, I think it's fine, too. I, I guess in the beginning, I wanted something like coast-to-coast knitting or something, but I guess in the beginning, maybe I was thinking more east-west, like putting that those words in, but it just, it did, it, I felt like it didn't, like, really ever fit with the east and west of the United States. I felt like that could be taken in a different way, so. Yeah. And I like, I like the short, concise title, and then what really, I think, nailed it down for us is when MJ, our designer Mary Joy, came up with the tagline because then it really summed the whole thing up how it's a collaboration between friends on opposite shores. Yes. Like like all perfect together. So Exactly that. I think that explains it perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. True. Okay. So for me, um, I was first inspired to design my own knitting patterns. Um, I, like Hannah, worked at a yarn shop and I kind of just thought that I would try my hand at design as kind of just a change of pace from my other job, which I loved, but I just thought it was kind of time for me to try something new. And hey, it worked out. Yeah, good good career change. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the next question she asks is, how do you fit your designing work into your busy life schedules? The answer is not well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is not seamless, that's for sure. Um, I think it's a constant balancing act. Um, and you start, especially when you have a child that they grow, they're continuing to grow and they're at a different stage and like you kind of have to make adjustments with that in mind. So, um, yeah, I know for myself, um, I maybe started out a certain way. I, throughout this project, my desk has been at different places in the house, depending on where Jonah has been at mm-hmm. <laughs> and his accessibility to my stuff. Um, and then, uh, you know, also just trying to keep that separation a little bit too, like not be working all the time. When it's right in your living room, it's kind of hard, you know. It's like you want to put your heart and soul into the project, but you also have to like cater to your family and you want to be spending quality time with them. So I would say it is, it's a wonderful thing to be able to work at home and do this work that I love. 
Um, but it's also a challenge, of course. So I, I don't know that I've perfectly figured it out yet. No, I'm right there with you. I'm still struggling with trying to trying to do both. Um, for me, the answer in getting anything accomplished is that I have to treat Never Not Knitting and Coastal Knits as a real job. If I, if it was just like kind of a hobby thing or whatever, I, I don't think that I could, you know, like it's kind of like a mindset. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is real and this is like work. It's, you know, and then in doing that, um, I'm actually able to accomplish it because it'd be very easy to never get anywhere because you could always let other things slide in. So, um, yeah, yeah that's how, that's how I kind of approach it. Mm-hmm. And it works for me, but yeah, it's, it's it's a struggle um, with with children and in trying to work out of your house. It's kind of crazy sometimes. Yep, <laughs> I definitely utilize the nap times and the night times. Yeah, me too. As those are my big work times, and then I have Jocelyn here sometimes to help out. So exactly um, between all those things, I I get it done. There's constant multitasking going on for sure. <laughs> sure, exactly. Yeah, and we get help too with childcare. Um, between my husband and my in-laws are great. and So anyway, yeah, that's how we make it work, too. So the next question is from the awesome opossum on Ravelry, <laughs> and she says, I'd love to know which designers out there inspire you two. Who are your knitting heroes? Yeah, we were talking about this earlier. Um, I guess at first I was thinking of it, like, who inspired me to get to the point where I am. Um, and I think when I came on the scene... <laughs> the knitting scene, mm-hmm. um, someone that was really inspiring to me was Stephanie Joppel. Um, she, you know, was young and really cool and really smart, and she was designing things that were um, modern and relevant and interesting and, um, you know, fit well, of course. That was her first book, Fitted Knits, and I just thought that um, she was very inspiring to me to kind of figure out what my niche was going to be. Um, and then also Isolde Teague was inspiring to me in terms of the way to approach um, working in this business um, because she kind of thinks outside the box and thought outside the box in the way that she um, did things. And I, I thought that was very inspiring mm-hmm. um, to agree. think about that you could do things a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now, honestly, the industry as a whole inspires me. There's just so many cool things going on. There's so many young people doing really interesting things with knitting um, and so many great yarns, indie dyers. I mean, it's amazing the yarns that are available now. And I think it all contributes to or equals inspiration for me. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with what you said for myself as well. And I was thinking, you know, I was thinking about this a lot. And I think that um, when I met you, like three was it three years ago? Mm-hmm. That I totally think that you helped inspire me to design because I remember because oh, okay. you no, were. I feel bad. I didn't say you. No, no, it's okay because it's in the wrong order. But <laughs> when I met you and we spent time together um, when you came to California, you were like the first like real designer that I had ever really talked to. I remember feeling feeling kind of like starstruck, like oh, a designer <laughs> is you know is going to stay at my house and you know. So um, I think that 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 it made me feel like maybe designing was something that I could accomplish at some point for myself. You know, like being around somebody that's around your age and you know in a similar situation 
you know, it just makes it feel more real. I do remember sitting at your kitchen table and you asking me all kinds of questions I about know, design. I like thinking and, your brain. <laughs> well, and that, I think it was early on for you because at the time you were like, I, I had could never like, do that. pattern out. Like, there was like... Yes, it was the leg warmers, which were very popular, but you were just kind of like, I could never do that. I remember you just being like, asking lots of questions, but kind of coming from a place like you didn't think it was possible to actually maybe do it. But, and here we are with doing it know. together. Oh, so great. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I definitely think that you had a, a a direct role in for me like you know being inspired by um you know by someone to do design but i've also been really inspired by by bloggers that have turned kind of like you know their hobbies into businesses and that's mm-hmm. something that i think is really cool and someone you know like there's a few people that i followed way back in you know even before the days of ravelry that mm-hmm. have always been really inspiration inspirational to me like Jared Flood and and like Yasolda and um I just I think it's amazing what they've accomplished and so I think that those people are who I would say are my knitting heroes are you'd mentioned Susan Anderson before oh yeah yeah Yeah. totally like I I love Susan B. Anderson and I love how she is (laughs) is a mom she has four kids yet she's able to design all sorts of awesome things, and she kind of does it all. She she she's kind of like my my um, designer idol because I I always think about all that she accomplishes. And mm-hmm. She's like, and she's so positive. I love how positive she is, and like on Twitter and on blogs, she's just always like, great job, to so everybody, much. and yeah, exactly. You need people like that, you know. She's fantastic. Yeah, she's really inspiring. So there's mm-hmm. so many people. I have so many designers, but I've everyone that's listening to this podcast has heard me talk about all my favorite designers. And yeah. So yeah. I don't need to recap them all, but <laughs> you all know who who's out there. There's there's many. Yeah. Okay, so um, I think that's it for the questions that we wanted to answer on the podcast. But there's a few that I think it would be kind of fun if if we asked each other that weren't mentioned. Um, like the thing that I'd like to ask you is, well, well, the thing I'd like to talk about really is that this whole book thing is not just about a book. It's like bigger than that. It's like a full on like business and um, there's just a lot more involved in self-publishing. So I, I wondered, I wanted to ask you what um, did you think about self-publishing before you started the process opposed to now after we've kind of gone through the whole thing. Yeah. Well, it's funny because in some ways it was what I would have thought it was, all the things that needed to be done, but at the same time actually doing those things, and especially in the form of a collaboration where you have to make decisions with another person about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't anticipate how much work that was going to be and how – how much was involved when you really got down to it in terms of time and the specific things that needed to be done within the categories that you imagine like, Oh, well we'll need a graphic designer and a technical editor and a printer. Okay. But then like to manage all that, I mean, we really, it's like being a director of a movie or something like you have to orchestrate the whole thing. And as a collaboration, you orchestrate it with another person. So there was just so many decisions that had to be made. So many things that needed to be figured out um, along the way that, it definitely, definitely was a lot more work than I anticipated. And that said, I mean, I learned so much, I know you did too, about the process. And it would be interesting to do it again 
and use that knowledge to yes, I help. I, I have no doubt it would be faster, a little more seamless the next time because you would use, you know, it's like anything you do the first time and it's le- you're learning. So I'm, yeah. I totally, I agree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say the same thing for myself. I didn't realize, um, well, okay. The other thing that's different is I didn't realize how popular coastal nets would be. Right. I, right. I just thought like, oh, we'll just sell a few copies of this book. We were, we were originally envisioning a really small print run. It was just going to be like, no big deal. But then it's just exploded. Mm-hmm. So I've been, that's been wonderful. And like, it's like overnight it has changed for us because, yeah. right, we, we loved our project and we thought, well, this will create some buzz. It'll be fun to share it with some yeah. people and this will fuel some future work for both of us. But, the reality is that people are embracing it wholeheartedly. It's not even out yet. I and know. People, we, we can't even tell you. People, <laughs> this has been selling like hotcakes on our end, uh-huh. and it's not even out yet. You know, we are amazed. We're absolutely amazed. It's so and flattering, right? It's very I'm flattering. Like, I, I still can't believe it. Yeah, I, I can't either. And I, it's like those initial orders, we were just, we opened it up for pre-order, and then we just watched the sales come in, and we were like, oh, my goodness, are this are these many, is this many people reading our blogs? Like, this is amazing. It's, Who are you people? Yeah. <laughs> We're like, wow, that is so cool that people actually yeah. like us out there. I know, so, I know. Um, it was very gratifying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that was something that was, you know, not expected. And mm-hmm. um, I, I just agree with everything else that you said, that I didn't realize how much exactly was involved and just how much there is just on the business end of this. Yes. Yes. There was a lot to figure out business wise. And again, you know, I think we were saying the other day, like, you know, we we're graphic, we're not graphic designers, we're um, knitwear designers. And we're, you know, we, I think we've earned the right to say that we're professional knitwear designers at this point. But we're not accountants, um, right? <laughs> yeah, but we're not, there's a lot of other things we're not. And yet here we are trying to run a business together. So it's, it's, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting the point we're at where we're like, <laughs> okay, now what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's all really good experience, but yeah, it's exciting. It, it, yeah. Since it just exploded, it's like we're running like a real business. So yeah, anyway, yep. that's been interesting. It has been okay. So, what has been your least favorite part of the process and your most favorite part? Well, I think you already know what my least favorite is. <laughs> <laughs> I was not very good to Alana about <laughs> the consistency, editing consistency in the book. That was hard for me um, because I'm not a detail-oriented person. And so, you know, we were trying to make the patterns all read consistently. And so to me, it was like, okay, we'll take a pass through and we'll make them consistent, right? And Alana being way more detail-oriented than I, that's her strength. I like, appreciate she, you, you um, phrasing that nicely. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, okay, well, here's the system that we're going to put in place to do that, and we're going to run it through that system multiple times. And, man, I tell you, that was hard for me. I had a really hard time with that, and I just, it was, I had to really push myself to see the things because I just don't, I don't see them. And not to say that I can't write a knitting pattern. Of course, I don't want to freak people out that my patterns are, like, horrible <laughs> or something, but... I just, when it when it came down to seeing little, like, this bracket should actually be this kind of bracket and, like, that that kind of stuff um, didn't come naturally to me. So that was very challenging for me. Um, I think the, my favorite part, like we already addressed, was I, I, 
I loved designing the pieces and then seeing them through to the photography. I loved going out with Carrie and Jocelyn and taking the pictures. That was a really, really exciting day. And in some ways it would have been so cool if we were together doing that because I think it would have been really fun together, but it was about our two coasts yeah. and being in the location. So it wasn't about that. Right. So we kind of had really good times separately. Yes. <laughs> so which is kind of funny, but that was my favorite part. It was really, really fun. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. My answers are pretty much the same. I felt like the the consistency editing and all oh, was so tedious. I mean, I didn't enjoy it at all. I mean, I, that was like it was hard. That, Those were some hard times. I tell you, technical editors, I don't know how they do it because mm-hmm. that was crazy for me. They're built a special way. <laughs> yes, I would never They're want mine. to be a technical editor. Oh, it's hard. I mean, I think I don't know about you, but I I would spend sometimes like ten hour days going over those um, those those documents on the computer and over and over and over again and checking all really tedious, annoying things like punctuation and so forth, which is important in a finished book, but sure. it was just, it was awful. I mean, I just, it was tedious. I hated my life for that week or whatever <laughs> that we were doing that. Yeah, it felt like longer, but you're right. It was only about a week, but that was a long week. Oh, yeah, that was, that was not a good week. So, um... <laughs> It's over now. It's over. Yes. So that was my least favorite part too. Um, just the just the the not fun stuff that goes along with a project like this. Yeah. Um, but my most favorite part was the creative aspect. I mean, it was fun for me to come up with these designs, although that is challenging too. But it's fun to have an idea in your head and be able to translate it into a knitted item and have it turn out the way you want (laughs) and it's kind of like a it's um exhilarating every time you know when you can finish something and and be like oh yeah this worked out just right so absolutely so of course that was my favorite part and so um if you had to sum up what about the book you're most excited about hannah what would you say that is like the whole finished product yeah, well, it's funny because I think I would answer it by saying I am excited about the full finished project. I'm excited to get that full book into people's hands because so far what everybody else is seeing on our blogs, on Ravelry, on the Coastalness website is the is the um, designs. The bits and, and people, The bits and, yeah, the, the, the designs that are the heart and soul of the project. But we you haven't been able to see the book yet, and the book is so cool. Um, it tells the story of Alana and I, our collaborate, our collaboration, how that came about. And then there's profiles on each of us. Um, and then there's all kinds of other special features and there's mood boards and there's so much visually, there's a lot going on with this book that um, contribute to you getting a sense of our inspiration. Um, and, who, and, so, and who we are too. Yeah and, yeah. and who we are as designers. So I feel like we've, tried to really contribute a lot of content to this book in terms of um, interesting content and helpful content because we also have, we share some tips on how, um, you know, things from like how we do gauge swatches and how we block and we just tried to really give you a lot of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm super excited for people to actually get the book because it's, as a, the whole book together is really, really special. Yeah. I agree. I I couldn't have said that better. (laughs) (laughs) And if I try now, it'll just sound like I'm just copying everything you said. So Uh, we're going to go with that. I agree. (laughs) Ditto on that. (laughs) Okay. So that's it for questions. Um, Yeah, I think we covered everything pretty well. 
I do too. I feel thank you, everyone who's listened up to this. Yeah, point. <laughs> no, it's kind of long. <laughs> They're like, but okay, it's, enough it's, already. <laughs> really into coastal knits. I think you got the, the full uh, picture. <laughs> so maybe we should just quickly share some um, of the coastal knits announcements. Um, we are recording this episode a little early, so because of that, um, let's see. This episode will air on October fifteenth, and do you and Hannah, what do you think I will be doing on October 15th? Uh, I think you're going to be shipping thousands and thousands of books, people. Yes. Quick, hurry up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's going to be insane. That's why. Because I, I don't think we mentioned how Alana and her husband are, They we decided to not go with an outside distributor. Alana and Jason are going to distribute these books to you. Yes. So you can know that she hand-placed your book into a box and sent it to you. I <laughs> you can just picture her doing that. Right. Um, and. You know what? That's such a good point. This project is so meaningful and so important to us because we have done everything ourselves. I mean, obviously, we hired out graphic design and technical editing and, you know, illustration, all that stuff. But um, we are distributing it ourselves. My husband designed the Coastal Knits website and um, set up the whole shopping cart system. You know, so it's, this is all... Very perfect. In-house. In-house, yes. Yep. <laughs> so, um, on October 15th, hopefully I don't have a newborn by then. Newborn, <laughs> this baby It'll be a little baby early. It'll be a little early. Yeah. <laughs> a while. Um, yeah. You know, we're going to be shipping out tons of books. That's why this podcast, um, we're recording it early, just so that I don't have to be completely stressed out yeah. around that time. Okay, so we're going to be announcing the winner of the pre-order drawing giveaway. Remember, we're giving away that huge basket of yarn. I remember. It's safely hidden away in my closet. Yes, and that's going to be an awesome prize for whoever. That is. That'll be a fun one to mail out. Yeah, so we're going to be announcing that on the 15th on both of our blogs. So um, be sure to check, you know, my blog and Hannah's blog, or, you know, one or the, one or the other, to see if you are the winner. Um, everyone that pre-ordered was entered to win that giveaway. And then also, kind of on a personal podcast announcement, um, in the last episode I announced a drawing giveaway for the Tactile Fiber Arts yarn, as well as the new book by Wooly Wormhead. And that giveaway will be announced on that drawing blog post. So please go to my blog and check and see if you're the winner there, since this is being recorded early and I can't announce it on this episode. So, um, okay, so that's it for the announcements, but maybe do you want to quickly tell everyone um, about the Coastal Knits events that are coming up, Hannah? Because yeah, I'm kind of the one doing it since I'm going to be at home with a baby. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm going on a tiny mini tour. Um, the trunk show is going to be traveling around, um, and that, that schedule, if you go to coastalknits.com, you can see the trunk show schedule, if you're curious to see if it's going to be coming anywhere near you in the near future. Um, and for this year, I have four events scheduled. Um, and if you're in that area and want to come by and see me and chat and um, I can sign your book if you want, that would be really fun. Um, so today, October 15th, when you're hearing this, I'm going to be at Knitwit Yarn Shop in Portland, Maine uh, from 1.30 to 3.30. And then the next weekend, October 23rd, from 1 to 3, I'll be at Pearl Diva up in Brunswick, Maine. And then um, in December 3rd, from 1 to 4, I'll be at Webb's in Northampton. So 
that should be, um, you know, I have to travel a little bit to go down there, but I'm looking forward to that. I get to see some family on my way down, and um, I guarantee you that I will be happy to promote my book at Webs, but I will also be happy to spend hundreds of dollars on yarn. <laughs> yes. They're going to see me coming. <laughs> yeah. So that'll happen that day. And then actually the night before that, um, Friday, December 2nd from 5 to 7, I'll be at In the Loop, which is in Norfolk, Mass. I think that's about an hour away from there. So if you can't make it to one or the other, maybe you can um, make it to the other one. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the events coming up. Cool. And also with the trunk shows, that people can check the schedule, and it's going to—it's kind of traveling everywhere. I mean, the, the East Coast, the West Coast, and everywhere in between. So yeah. there's going to be lots of opportunities for people to check out the samples in real life and get to try things on, and, yeah, it'll be fun. So, well, I think that's it. We did it. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. So um, we just really hope that um, everybody enjoys the book, and we're really excited about it, and we really appreciate your enthusiasm for our project as well. And Absolutely. Thank I, you so much to everybody for all their support. Yeah, amazing. And I look forward to shipping them out to you and just, well, right around the time that this podcast airs. everyone I hope that you enjoyed listening to the interview with me and Hannah today and learning all about our new book Coastal Knits. As I mentioned in the last episode this is most likely going to be my last episode of Never Not Knitting at least for quite a while. I'm having a new baby, I'm shipping out lots of books, and I'm going to be really busy for probably several, several months. So, um, like I said before, I don't want to say that this is the end, the end, but I don't want to make any promises either. One thing that I've always tried to do with this podcast is let you know exactly what's coming up. I've tried to stick to my deadlines, and I think I've done a really good job, and um, I always try to do what I say I'm going to do, unless something really unforeseen happens and I'm sick or I'm in the hospital and I physically cannot do my podcast episode, but I've always tried to um, never let any of my listeners down and um, I think that you know that I always follow through. So with future episodes, I just don't know what the future holds. Um, I It's funny how I just had a baby five years ago, but for some reason it's kind of like a fuzzy memory. And I think that once I have this new baby, I'm going to remember, oh yeah, this is really a lot of work. So I don't want to make any promises that I can't keep. And uh, just know that um, this podcast means a lot to me and that I will try to come back sometime in the future. But I'm just not quite sure when or... um, if that for sure will be happening. I'm sorry to be so vague. I just don't want to let anyone down. This podcast has been quite an adventure for me and such an amazing experience. I've been podcasting for three years now. And when I started this podcast, I just started as a girl working in a yarn store who was obsessed with knitting. And since that time, um, knitting has... (laughs) kind of taken over my life in a different way. It's now our family business, and I work full-time at it, and I, 
I never really expected that to happen. It's been such an interesting journey, and I have to tell you, you've you've had played such a major role in that journey for me. Hearing all of your encouragement, all of your kind emails, and your support and your interest in what I had to say and what I do has meant the world to me. And perhaps without this podcast, I wouldn't be where I'm at today because I wouldn't have had all of that positive and constant feedback. So I so appreciate you guys, and I appreciate you listening to me for all of this time. And um, it's it's been it's meant the world to me, honestly. And it, I, I, I feel like I, I don't want to let that feeling go, and I don't want to let this podcast go. So we'll just see what, what the future will bring. Podcasting has opened up so many opportunities for me that I wouldn't normally have had. I've gotten to interview and talk to designers that I would have never expected to be able to talk to, and I've gotten to meet so many interesting cool people and it's been so fun for me to hear all of your great knitting stories and to be able to share them and also to have access to so many interesting yarns and be able to give them away and it's been so so cool i i just i can't even tell you it's been an amazing learning process an amazing experience not to say that it hasn't been difficult at times <laughs> in trying to stick with this schedule. I've had to record episodes when I really did not feel like recording. And that just goes along with what I always say about treating this like a job. So there were times where this podcast was not a happy thing for me, but mostly it's been really, really positive. All of the good and wonderful things outweigh just the few moments that it has been tedious or negative. So I guess I just want to close this episode with saying thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Never Not Knitting. And please keep in touch. I'll be on Ravelry. I'll still be blogging. I'll still be designing. And then hopefully in the future, I'll get back to podcasting. So thank you. You mean so much to me, and I really appreciate each and every one of you. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a clicking from morning until she goes to bed. She won't take the time to brush her teeth. Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad Her husband mad Pop ramen again She just won't stop the stitching and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters. 
had more socks than they could ever wear. There's yard in the fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry. It's even in the washer and dryer. That's why she can't do any laundry. I need some clothes. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching, and the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, Get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project. She says, Just let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting. And it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching. And, well, she's losing all she had.